Well, good morning out there in Radio Land. It's so good to be with you all on this October 11, 2023. This is truly the day the Lord has made. This is a day that we rejoice and we will be glad in it. Why, you may ask, I'm glad you did because Jesus is more than enough. He's always been more than enough. He'll never be less than he is and he's always going to reign supreme forevermore. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever and he'll take the impossible and make it possible Whatever situation you are facing, whatever you're going through, whatever trial you in front of you, he is more than enough to see you through. Amen. Well, we have in the studio with us, uh, Miss Hannah, how are you doing? Doing good this morning. And then we got our new um, permanent co-host, Miss Katie, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. Um, it's it's joy to have you join us on Wednesday, and um, we are just excited um, for all that God has in store for this morning, we got to go to Oak Ridge last night and watch the girls play some volleyball. Yeah. And the baked potato was on point. Uh, <laughs> let me just say, it was terrific. And uh, Was it as good as your baked potato? You know, I'm going to say this, honestly. It was close. Wow. Like, it was, uh, I, don't, I don't know if they do the salt water trick or not, <laughs> but it was really soft and moist. Yeah. <laughs> I've uh, seen a lot of people eating them. <coughs> It was it was really good. I'm I'm not gonna lie, and I like I like my baked potatoes a lot just because. And it's not really my recipe or anything. It's just how somebody told me to cook them, and um, I've always loved it since then. But I, theirs was close. I'll be honest with you. And then um, their hot dog was good. Their Reese cup ice cream was good. Uh, oh, and the volleyball was good too. But. It, it was, <laughs> no. Uh, but no, it is exciting. It was it was an exciting time to see how far the girls have come this season since literally all of them started to learn how to play this year to where they're at now. Um, they're doing a fantastic job. And so the, the record's one thing to look at, but to watch them play and to watch them interact, you just see the growth and the maturity and um, the skills that are building. So um, right. I'm so proud of them. They're doing yeah. a great job. And, you know, I was thinking this morning, it's easy to win. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's it's not so easy to lose. And yeah. these girls have such good sportsmanship. I mean, even whenever the score is like 2-20, to 20, you'll watch them. And most of the time, they'll be out there high-fiving each other and dancing and just happy-go-lucky, you yeah. know, because it's it's not it's not about winning, you know. I mean, it's it's nice to win, but... Yeah. And yeah. We've had a, we've had several coaches um from different Christian schools come up to the girls and really encourage them and um it's been nice. Yeah. yeah. And I know next year the season will um I you get a summer of practice under their belts and a couple other things mm-hmm. and you know they'll they'll start to they'll start to put some W's up there but I yeah. I agree with what you're saying Miss Katie. They've handled this season with such grace and poise. Oh, they have. Yeah. Their sportsmanship so, is is really good really good yeah so. well um let's see we've got mr jacobs joined the house how are you jacob doing good how about you all we're we're doing good i'm got a baked potato in my belly still from last <laughs> night so just still thinking about that it was so good it was moist <laughs> and i really appreciate um honestly i felt like they were very generous in the butter and um, a lot of times when you go eat butter at a restaurant or something like that, they're very ungenerous with the butter. Mm-hmm. Is it butter or margarine? Oh, this is butter. Oh, yeah. it was butter. No, they didn't do no whip it or I can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> or, or on it. You know, <laughs> it, yeah. there was, okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. There ain't no fake healthy butter here. There ain't no, there ain't no imitation in the kingdom. You either real, got the real yeah. thing or the not the real thing. There's no middle ground in the kingdom. All right. Um, but it was it was it was a great night. Um, we have a couple of announcements. Um, of course, the Referee Youth Ranch Chili Cookoffs right around the corner, October 28th. Uh, there's a slew of them trying out there, getting donations and working hard for that, and we appreciate all that. And um, but if you can come out that night, everything starts at five. The doors open at six thirty. Um, we're gonna eat, and the silent auction begins at five, and then the actual auction starts at six. And the kiddos will have a hay ride they can go on during the auction while the parents are in there. And, um, and so it's just gonna be a really good family friend friendly fun night and chili jacob you still putting your hot chili in oh my goodness uh, yeah it's gonna i don't i'm gonna put two different ones because i'm afraid mine's gonna be so hot nobody's gonna be able to eat it so <laughs> so do we need to put like a liability waiver next to your chili I mean, you probably have to sign something you can make it a challenge because you will probably sweat i mean as soon as you start eating much well chili. josh sweats when he goes in any room so he does he would like that chili now, me on the other end not so much. I mean, I'm I'm gonna I've got a mixture of Carolina Reaper peppers, some scorpion peppers, and then I got some Scotch bonnets that I've got from the Amish store. So we're gonna see how Scotch bonnets, Scotch bonnets. They're just different type of. That peppers. sounds like a hat somebody wears. They're really really hot, but I'm trying to make it where it tastes good, where it's not just so overbearingly hot. But Jacob's I want the sweat the to fire. come. Yeah, <laughs> Braden said he's doing it too. So I'm like, what? Yeah. yeah. I said you can't beat your dad. I hope he does. <laughs> but I'm going to make another pot that actually allow everybody to eat because, uh, yeah. So three pots might be coming from the Swifts? Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. We're going to try to, we're going to have to, I mean, when you're feeding my family, you have to have a bunch of them. That's food. true. <laughs> and for those of you that are listening that don't know, um, the, Rough, the Rough River Youth Ranch is not just the youth at Bethel Fellowship. That That's not what it is. It's not our youth group. They are our youth, but the Rough River Youth Ranch is actually a boarding school for um, troubled teens aged 10 to 17 and they actually live here on the campus with us all the time and we have um, house parents that are with them all the time pouring into them and it's it's a ministry like no other in the area really and truly Um, it, it changes lives and I mean, I've not been here at the church um, for that long, but I can see um, the good that it that it does and the change that it brings to their lives. And just listening to the kids' testimonies, I mean, testimonies out of their own mouths. You're talking about kids that have been here, um, that came here that didn't want to come, and now they don't want to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, it's their home, mm-hmm. and it's it's a ministry that is so vitally important and it's it's unique so yeah you're, you're not just supporting a church's youth you're supporting youth that um truly truly need it so i think i got my boss into donating um right now everything's kind of tight with a lot of companies mm-hmm. but some are given you know and which is awesome but i think i talked him into giving away a honey bun shipper and i know that sounds crazy but a lot of people love those honey buns so yeah i don't know we'll see what what happens you can't go wrong with honey buns i know my dad if he's here he'll definitely bid on it <laughs> yeah i'd take a honey bun shipper <laughs> i mean in my house it'd be equivalent to one day but <laughs> it's 54 honey buns I'll, come on and you remember that i do i know i remember them i've set out my fair share of those <laughs> um but no it is it's a wonderful event miss katie's right it's a it's an incredible ministry and we've seen so many lives changed over the years 
and we're just asking you to help us continue to keep it strong moving forward. Um, and then uh, revival at Calvert Community Church. We were asked to uh, announce this. It is October the 15th, this Sunday night at 6.30. It's Pastor Jerry Petit, and guests invite everyone to attend. And then also this Sunday night, Pastor, uh, Bishop Lance Johnson will be at Madrid Pentecostal starting at 7 o'clock. And then also this Sunday night, there's the Infant Memorial Loss and Loss um, um, Walk at the City Park. And so Miss Nicole Taylor will have more information for that if anybody needs to contact her. Um, and that begins at 5.30 p.m. So plenty of stuff to do this weekend if anybody's looking for anything to do. Um, and then I know that Bishop Lance Johnson's going to have a, another three-day crusade at Potter's Hope coming up, I think, 25th, 26th, and 7th of this month. So um, praise the Lord for souls and more souls coming into the kingdom of God. Amen. And um, I think that's about it for announcements, unless you all know something I'm missing. All right. Nailed it. Nailed it. Um, hopefully we get some easier trivia questions today, um, which we never really did the smallest one because we went right into George Witten yesterday, which if, if you, awesome. if you've missed George Witten, you definitely need to get the podcast from yesterday and it's going to be, um, it's, it was, it was rich. We're going to have him on again soon. And, um, I always wanted to go to Israel with George and he's always asked me about going with him or he said I was able to. Um, but not going right now. I was going to say, you don't want to go um, right now. No, definitely <laughs> not going right now. Um, and, um, you know, Israel is somewhere that we definitely need to be praying yes. for. Um, it's it's heartbreaking. I mean, there's a lot of biblical prophecy unraveling before our eyes. Um, I shared a lot with the New Testament survey class yesterday. We went pretty deep into it, and they were really in um, interested in it. And it's just, there's a ton of stuff unraveling. Um, George started to unravel it yesterday a little bit i've been trying to talk about it with people as much as i possibly can as well and then other people as well are definitely unraveling this tremendously but if we just take the prophecy out of here for a second um and just think about what's happening in israel uh-huh. it's it's really gut-wrenching yeah. um because this isn't this isn't war this is terrorism mm-hmm. and um, whenever they drop their paragliders in and other things i mean they weren't just there to take captives they were there to literally slaughter innocent people that had nothing to do with this war and torture them uh, but now mm-hmm. i've even i just seen this morning where they're talking about using nuclear bombs i'm like oh goodness. well they're, they're threatening bombs. damascus yeah and they're one they they threatened damascus and um you, you saw that coming um now you know it's i, mean, I don't i don't want to keep unraveling too much because yeah. we've done it a lot yesterday but nuclear war um, I don't. I don't think we're at a nuclear war yet. Is yeah. that to say a nuclear bomb won't be dropped? No, no there could be one, yeah. but I don't think we're at the level of nuclear war yet. I think the Earth still has some escalating to do before you're going to put that kind of yeah. stuff at jeopardy. But I will not be surprised to see a nuclear bomb, a singular, yeah. sooner or later. Um, but I think they're going to be very cautious because once a nuclear bomb is dropped, America will get involved. I mean, there's and no other way around whoever it. whoever else gets involved with it, like Iran. Yeah. And, and, and for the first time, now, I've been, bi- I'm not I'm not bipartisan in the sense of I'm going to try to get along with everybody. There's some things I have conviction on. But I will say, from what I understand, the first time in the administration yesterday, I was proud of Joe Biden for the yeah. first time since he was president. Yeah. Because he went after the squad. Like, he shut them up. And I was really shocked he did it, to be honest with you. 
because that squad pulls a lot of weight in the liberal sense. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. I mean, he went after him, and I was. I must. I must say, I was impressed with it, and kudos to that. Hopefully, don't back up his stance once he catches all the flack from it, because the squad has been saying some pretty atrocious things and yeah. doing some things. It's definitely horrendous in the midst of all this. Because again, this is this is far past at this point. Just the the age old battle of Palestine and Israel. Mm-hmm. Like this is taking babies in a town and slaughtering forty babies in one town. Mm-hmm. Um, this is taking women and children captive and threatening Netanyahu that if you start to advance and take ground, we will start to openly execute these women and children on live television, and you have to watch them beg for their life. Like, that's not war. That's terrorism. And it's just atrocious to see, and your heart breaks for what's going on over there. Yeah. And um, we do need to pray for the peace of Israel. And as George said yesterday, that praying for the peace of Israel is praying for Jesus to come back and establish himself and mm-hmm. his throne. And I think that was well put. So yeah, that was I shared that <coughs> yesterday at the prayer meeting, and I think he he said something about him being the Prince of Peace too. Mm-hmm. And that statement just if we're if we are praying for the peace of Israel, we're praying for the return. Prince of Peace to return. Yes, yep. and it was just Amen. man, <coughs> awesome. And so we are definitely continuing to pray for Israel and all that's involved over there, and all the families. I th- I don't know the last total. Yesterday I know it was over sixteen hundred. But I'm not for sure the latest total because there's continuing to be bombs. and. I think the last missiles. thing that I read before I went to sleep was 1,900. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, are they counting? Is this Israel or are they counting just total all? This together? is Israelis lost mm. because George said it well, too. We can't forget the innocent in Palestine that's being killed as well. I know. That's where I was kind of getting to. Yeah. And so um, it, it's just a latrocist. It's, it's a heartbreaking thing. Um, it's, it, you know, war is war. War is going to happen. Mm-hmm. But like I continue to say, this is just past war. Like what Hamas is doing right now is past war. Um, This isn't like, this isn't firing exchanges on military bases and strategic points. This is just all out. um, I mean, well, I mean, if if this guy was a ruler of his own nation, this is nothing more than genocide. I mean, this is, Mm -hmm. I mean, this is, I don't see how the UN doesn't step in and at least, you know, solidify acts against humanity or something like this like i'm i'm not for sure why i mean i don't put much stock in the un um brother on used to call the united nothings but um it's <laughs> it's and i don't really put much stock in them no. but still like you have to make every statement you can on this point because you have to get you you can never condone anything like this and what we're seeing right now of course is israel is in the war with them and is as George said yesterday, you hope that they continue, they end this war with Palestine way before they march into the war with Lebanon, which is close. Yeah. And, of course, if the reports, and Iran don't want to take credit for it, but if the reports are correct and Iran did back Hamas in this financially, and then, of course, we're seeing some reports start to swirl that some of the money and missiles and armory and all that that we funded to Ukraine has mm-hmm. ended up in this assault on Israel. How does that happen? That's a question. Mm. And then you get it. Then if you do go to, if Israel does go to war with um, Iran as well, if they do determine they backed them and they go to war with them as well, well, now you got Lebanon, you got Israel, 
going to war with Lebanon, Iran, and Palestine. Are you saying Lebanon or Lebanon? That's what I don't. So I don't know. Um, are you talking about Hezbollah, right? Yeah, Hezbollah yeah. is coming because they're saying they could attack from the north. Yes, yeah. when they're weak right now. And now, when you start to hear the phraseology of north, and if you go to war, if Israel goes to war with Iran, then Russia will back Iran because of the economic ties they have. And now you have a huge coalition from yeah. the north forming, and now you've got a possible Magog and Gog coming mm-hmm. from Ezekiel. And could you even talk about that this could be the culmination of the, the, the what was it, uh, an army that no man could number? Or is that? Well, I think the no man can number would probably only happen if it, China somehow tied in. And I think yeah. China only tie in is if when eventually we're going to have to stand with Israel. Yeah. And we've got our largest warship over there. So we're ready to. And I think we already released one plane yeah. off of that ship. Now, that's just for support and aid. But it's already an active ship, so we're there, established, set up, and that's our largest warship that we possess, and it's pretty, it's pretty armored up at yeah. this point. Well, they're they're talking like they said they're considering a second um, warship, which yeah, I don't even like that. We got our largest warship over there right now. Well, this could be the second one. We probably don't understand the escalation that's happening right, right now right. behind the scenes. And again, if 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 Iran did back it, Palestine and Hamas. And we and Israel goes to war with all of them, and nuclear bombs are starting to be tested in there. Yeah. America will stand for Israel, yeah. like we will. And I'm proud that as a government, we're still doing that. Like yeah. our our administration, nobody, because that's one of our biggest fears was that if something like this escalated, will that we stand we with Israel? Right. And it looks like we will. The, I think another thing that we might be forgetting too is, though, me and Kirsty were talking about this tonight. How many sleeper cells are already in America that could be active? Yeah, they arrested like a thousand. Yesterday at the border. Oh, yeah. Special agents or special. Yeah. That you know, coming through across our border. Yeah. We've had so many come in, we don't even know who they are. I read a report about that just yesterday where about a thousand were arrested. Um, and so you, you have all of that for sure. Um, but I, I think there's probably a greater escalation than we realize. And we just need to be praying for peace. Yeah. Um, and we need to be praying for protection for our troops and protection for all involved and definitely praying against a nuclear bomb no matter what you're at you you never want that because that's complete devastation and i think everybody's concerned this is why we've been so vocal about iran being able to attain a nuclear bomb because if iran ever got one they will drop it on israel they won't even think twice about it well i also seen where Zelensky was crying about Y'all don't forget about us, and I'm like, I don't. I just that's why I don't understand. Like it's, like the, there's this country over there. They're still fighting with Russia, but now we got this going on. But now this country's crying because everybody <coughs> focuses on this. And it's yeah, just like, I do think it's very right though to somebody look into how the 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 finances and the resources yeah. we funded to Ukraine ended up in Hamas's hand. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true because I mean, well, I mean, we did lose five hundred million dollars worth of. Uh, equipment in Afghanistan. in Afghanistan so who ended up yeah. with that we don't know um now they say they decommissioned it before they left but yeah, I don't I, I doubt probably it. doubt that all of it was decommissioned no. um which you know even if you decommission it you decommission the armory. well decommission even if you do that can be rebuilt eventually yeah. um I mean basically you're just taking certain parts and parts out or you're removing something or yeah. and I mean anybody can go back there and rebuild that mm-hmm. eventually and so there's a lot of things escalating right now. We need to be praying. It's it's really all revolving around Israel, though. At mm-hmm. the end of the day, it's all going to revolve around Israel because Israel is God's focal point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, that's never ceased to be and it never will cease to be. It's his focal right. point. And that's prophetic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's I didn't know that, that area, the Gaza Strip, was very, very 
other than, I mean, I know the third temple was supposed to be built there, but like Samson and a bunch of other stuff, <coughs> that's the exact area where Samson was um, tricked with the, by Delilah. That's, you know, I was like, man, that's awesome that, yeah. that, I mean, it's like not awesome, but it's crazy that all this stuff in the scripture is this little area is so important. Yeah. I think that. I think that this conflict very well, with as much escalation as around it, I think this could very well set up a peace treaty in the Middle East I eventually. That. That's what I see. And if yeah, that's they, what I've been thinking about. And if they can get the Gaza Strip and the Temple Mount, oh, and yeah. they can come into a peace treaty with especially the Islamic and the Arabs. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if they... When they do, which that, there's reports they already have the Gaza Strip already. They've taken it over. Um, Israel has. Mm. Um, that's the report. I mean, there's still fighting sales of Hamas still that are firing yeah. from different places, but they control most of the city of Gaza because they cut them off electricity, water, food, and everything like that. But wouldn't it? I mean, I'm, I know I'm speculating, but what if they just, hey, let's throw the temple up just to make them mad? They wouldn't do that yet. You don't think so? Because it's not Palestine they're fighting with over that. The Arabs actually own the Temple Mount so the land. Egyptians or yeah, like well, the Arabs are the ones who are going to have to create a peace treaty because it Saudi doesn't. Arabia, yeah. It's going to be built on the Temple Mount, and Saudi Arabia is actually the ones that I think the Arabs are the ones that own oh, the man. Temple Mount land. Now they back Palestine. I'm seeing. Saudi yeah, Arabia. and that's that's probably their play because again, Islamic. True. Um, um, and so you're there's a lot swirling right now, and and I don't think is Israel. I don't think would ever. Um, build the temple in the midst of war. It's not who they're going to be, True. and because they're going to have to get that red heifer, and or they could make a treaty. Hey, we we both own this land. Let's build it. You think it'll be? Yeah, but you still have to wait on the red heifer, and yeah. they don't know yet. That, I mean, they they have that herd that was sent over last December. That's being um, that was bred specifically yeah, for that. And it wasn't. And they're still waiting to see if they got one because they're so long they have to wait because they have, there's only certain diets these red heifers can eat. There, there can't ever be a flaw. There can't be one white hair on them. Um, they have to live in a certain plot. I mean, yeah. all of these things are very mm-hmm. instrumental. And they will not build a temple because the temple's already prefabbed. Yeah. That's from what pretty, I from the re- quick, from the reports, you could probably put the temple up in like three to four days. Wow. I mean, it's like sitting in a warehouse. Like they say, it can just go up in a in days and then but then you're going to have the temple um that will have to be consecrated under their law with the red heifer and so they won't do this without the red heifer because then you'd have a temple that's sitting there that can't be used gotcha and i think brother george was right he didn't get time in to get into it but i think as soon as that temple's done and then you have the red heifer that's going to be sacrificed then you will start to institute animal sacrifices again. Go back to sacrifice. But I think it's going to be a gloryless temple. So I don't think the glory of God will reside in the temple anymore, mm-hmm. because whereas it was when the first two temples were were um, built and consecrated, the glory of God fell. This one, it's not going to. I think this temple is going to be about more about the glory of man, and mm-hmm. and I think that it's going to make way because you have to have an animal sacrificial system in place. For the Antichrist to come and desecrate the temple. Mm-hmm. And whenever he desecrates the temple, he will stand on the, the altar, the, the temple, like in the center of it. And he's going to stand there and declare himself to be God in the temple. Yeah, but He has to don't be. do Satan enter into his body at that time? Yeah, I think, well, I mean, I think Satan's always going to be feeling the Antichrist. No, I'm talking about himself. I mean, I know he... I don't... I have a theory on the Antichrist. Okay. I, don't, I don't know if he's... I don't know whenever the scripture says... 
well, I mean, in Revelation, when he when the first seal's broken, and the rider on the white horse, which we believe to be the Antichrist. Yes. I'm still trying to figure out if the Antichrist is born or if he just comes. From like, a, yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, he's the personification of Lucifer and the kingdom of darkness, and it's the just as we as a holy trinity. I think there will be a false trinity, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and I think it's an imitation, and it's going to be Satan, the Antichrist spirit, and and the Antichrist personified. And so I think so, I don't know how that's going to happen, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you still have the false prophet, the beast, all that kind of play, too, which which I think most of us probably consider the Antichrist probably the beast because the mark of the beast. Um, but the false prophet, you know, I've I've made some statements. <laughs> I, I try not to make them on the, the morning show because I have so many listening from a certain um, circle, and I don't want to lose them com- completely. But I've made them in, in uh, preaching several times. So you don't think, I mean, I've heard what you said, but I still think the false prophet will be somebody <laughs> from Israel. I think it'll be a Jew. I don't know. I, I don't know if there's, now, I have heard arguments that the Antichrist will come from Israel. Mm-hmm. But I've never, I never really heard a argument on the. False prophet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, I feel like. You're gonna have to. Uh, I don't know. the The compelling thing for me is Islam has always been. It is derivative from the false promise. Yeah. So Hagar produced a lineage that produces. I mean, let's see. Hagar produced Ishmael, and out of Ishmael's lineage came is Islam. Yeah. It was the false prof- promise. It was the. Uh, yeah. It was the fake. And when you get into the Quran, it does talk about their twelfth iman that will come riding on a what? White horse. Yeah. yeah. And so it talks of this twelfth iman that's riding on a white horse that's going to come in and reign. And for me, it just fits everything biblically to say that the twelfth iman is the Antichrist because the Antichrist is the false. Yeah. It's the fake. And that's what that's what really is Islam is to Israel. That's why I always said that the false prophet could have been a Jew, because more, more and more I study it, the Antichrist could probably most, most likely it will be Islamic. But what better way to bring peace is to bring the two that always are always battling as the Islamic and the Israelite. I mean, I don't know. That's just a lot of. It could be anything, but <laughs> nobody really knows for sure. Well, maybe George tells. He'll come back on say. Yeah. Uh, That'd be great. No, there, there's there's a lot of people with theories, um, and that's pretty much all we have is working theories of trying to figure out scripture. And we've we've butchered our time with Hebrews. Um, <laughs> yes, we did. But I, I do feel like it's significant to talk about Israel, and yeah. so I'm not too upset that we we kind of blew through it. We always have tomorrow, Lord willing. But um, we need to be praying for the peace of Israel. Yes, for a hundred percent. Amen. And. Um, Let's let's do that before we read our first trivia question, and we'll go march forward. Who wants to lead the prayer? Jacob's point. How about Katie? It's I mean, it's her debut. Come on out. Well, not really <laughs> debut, but her first official. She's it's like her fourth time on the radio. I know, but she's an expert by now. But Josh said it's her first official day that Aaron had placed her in there. So. Oh my goodness, Josh says a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> it's official now. Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> All right, Miss Katie, take us off then. Uh, all right. 
most gracious and heavenly father where we come before you to ask that you would place your hand upon israel lord that you would protect them yes, father Jesus. lord that you would equip them mm-hmm. and and strengthen them for this battle that's coming lord we know that you have always watched over and protected them lord even whenever they they turned um away and did evil things um you you continually came to their rescue father and we know that the times that are that we're in are prophetic um, but lord we just pray that you would just be with them lord and give them peace and comfort those that have lost loved ones and and god just equip them to fight this fight against hamas and and the the terrorism that's going on over there lord mm. we thank you father for israel we thank you for um all that it means and mm-hmm. we love you lord we give you all the praise honor and glory in jesus name amen amen, amen. amen. all right well we never got to our second question yesterday so we're going to do that today so we don't mess miss gretchen's up um and yesterday we did the biggest animal today we're going to do what is the smallest animal mentioned in the bible and it is not an ant all right what is the smallest animal mentioned in the bible and let's do this is of course remember this is like animals that are still living and it's not a specific name this is like a generic name so like like an ant but it's not an ant all right i'm just telling you it's not an ant we'll be right back here after the break on mornings of box two radio on the box two radio network
Alrighty, we are back here on Mornings with Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. We have an answer for our trivia question. We had several try, only one succeeded. Uh, Miss Rachel Arms got that correct, and it was a gnat. Matthew 23, 24, a gnat. Uh, I had a, f- that flea was close. Greg Carwell said flea, and a flea is pretty small. Alright, um, I think we heard a story about... Uh, well, yeah, we, uh, I'll just say we, we heard it. I won't, I won't continue that story. All right. I'll just hold that one. It was, but a flea though, is still like, you can see a flea, a gnat. You just like, you can see it, but you see no distinctions about a gnat, hmm. but you could see distinctions about a flea. Like if you looked at a flea, you can tell it's a flea. It looked like a gnat. It's just like this little black speck in the ground or I mean in the sky. So yeah. So I think a, I think a gnat would be smaller than a flea. Um, so and that's Matthew twenty three twenty four. Congratulations, Miss Rachel gets your name in for that drawing. Not this Friday, but next Friday here on Mornings with Box Two Radio. All right, we're gonna move into our first question of the morning, and I think this is a good question. I've I've held on to it for a couple of days now because we haven't got to it, um, but I think it's a really good one. Many of the seven things that God hates in Proverbs six sixteen through nineteen are very commonplace in the church. Do you feel that the church doesn't preach on this enough? So I think we turn to Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, and we read these seven things that God hates. Because most people don't even know there are seven things that God hates. Um, but there definitely is. Um, so these six things do what the Lord hate. Yea, even seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth evil, um, imagine, I mean, sorry, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, free to be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaks lies, and he that sows discord among the brethren. Mm. All right, now let's read, though. I'm going to read them from the ESV, too. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I'm going to turn over That's here. I was in. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, me too. There are six things the Lord hates. Seven are abomination to him. Halty eyes, a lying tongue, a hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that vises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. All right. Well, I'll let you all teach all of these seven. Um, <laughs> my wife is home, so I hope I'm going to go get some breakfast, <laughs> and I'll be back at 8 o'clock before the break. <laughs> All right. Um, He's not kidding. <laughs> I wouldn't be kidding. I'd go home right now and eat breakfast. Well, I can tell you one thing. Okay. That all of them have in common. Mm-hmm. There's a lack of love. There's no love in any of these. Really? I mean, I mean, that's just my interpretation. If you look at it, there's no love at all towards anything. It's like building yourself up, basically. Pride. Pride. Becoming. Right. I mean, that's that's what I see in all of it. It's Lying. Um devising wicked plans more lying <laughs> sowing discord it's um, deceitful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah a false witness who breathes out lies man that's hard that's, that's because you're making stuff up i mean he's basically what well, i mean yeah, yeah and the the biggest one that i mean they're all awful but the last one that's a big one mm-hmm Someone discord among the brethren because I've seen this happen a lot. A lot. 
<laughs> let's work down through these, though. Yeah. So let's start with the first one, haughty eyes, which basically in the King James says proud look. So there's arrogance. Arrogance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's pride. And, of course, we know in Proverbs also it says pride comes for the fall. Mm-hmm. And if you walk around like you're the best thing that happened against uh, since sliced cheese, like it's it's haughty. It's, it's that right. I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. And we see people who give that look um, and they walk around with that look. And honestly, like it's just a complete – um, turn off like in the sense of I don't want anything to do with that person like if that's how you're going to even look why would I even want to talk to you and I think the Lord I think this is a bigger thing than just kind of having the smug look though it, I think it's the Lord saying he hates pride mm-hmm. like yeah. he just hates pride right and as Americans I think that's probably one of the things we battle with the most because the American dream is built around pride it is mm-hmm. yeah and so yeah Mm. Anybody else? I mean, it's yeah. I don't think the haughty eyes are just the eyes, because there's always something beneath. There's always a root. Yeah. Problem. I mean, it's right. just yeah. That, that's where I was getting ready to go with all this. So if you look at all this, <coughs> this goes back to what kind of spirit is behind all this. Mm-hmm. You know, um, <coughs> this is demonic. Um, and there, there's spirits behind this lying, prideful, um, s- division, um, all of those, um, murder, mm-hmm. they kind of root back to some, some core, um, evil spirits. Mm-hmm. So yep. what spirit are you operating in is, is what it makes me think of. Yeah. And, and in all reality too, like. This isn't just an exhaustive list. Like this, there's still things the Lord detests because we mm-hmm. find other things about Scripture. I think what this is saying, and and really as we d- keep driving down, it's these are characteristic traits of a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like this is character, and as yeah. we've preached and taught so much, like we think the Lord looks at our hand, but He really looks at our heart right. a lot more. Yeah. And these things are found in our hearts, and He He's saying these are the things in a person that I just cannot stand. Mm-hmm. And these are all sin, but these are characteristic traits that need to be gotten out of us if we're going to be conformed to the image of the sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I mean, you hear about certain things being an abomination to the Lord when people yeah. talk about certain sins, but I never hear anybody talk about these mm-hmm. being an abomination. Yeah. Well, another thing I'm trying to figure out, like, okay, he says there's six things that he hates, but seven are abominations. So, well, okay. So we have haughty eyes, lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, heart devised a wicked plan, feet run towards evil, and a false witness who breathes out lies. So that's a six. But the seventh is quickly and overly looked over so many times. So he's saying six things that he hates, seven that are abominations. So he's wanting to stress the seventh is an abomination. Because yeah. don't forget that if you sow discord among the brethren, yeah. he de- he despises it. Yeah. Like, he absolutely despises it whenever there's somebody who sows discord among the brethren. And so I think that's the writer of Hebrews' way, which was Solomon, of course. That's Solomon's way of telling us that don't forget the seven things. Like, it's a big deal. And so I think he stresses the six, but then he really puts the hammer on the Mm -hmm. nail and slams it in on the seventh. And Mm -hmm. he's saying it's an abomination. Like, he, he actually heightens the word here. Mm-hmm. And he calls it an abomination. 
Well, to me, like, that just sounds like Satan sowing discord. I mean, that's what Satan does. So, Mm -hmm. you know, a person that does that is really imitating that which the evil one does. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, So, haughty eyes, pride, arrogance, um, Mm -hmm. thinking more highly of yourself than you ought. Puff it up. Um, Then, of course, a lying tongue is a little bit more straightforward. It's just liar I've, I've um one of the kids we helped at the youth referee youth ranch when i was back there he is he was i pray he's not still but he was a pathological liar like and I, there's no way around it like he really he lied and i don't even think he realized he was lying mm-hmm. i think it became so natural for him to lie that he would just lie and not even flinch and it and and the only way you could tell he was lying is you had to go and ke- check out all the evidence. And, like, yeah. you couldn't just say, did you do this? Like, you actually had to be very thorough with your investigation because he would lie. And he was such a good liar that you never knew he was lying. Mm-hmm. And the Lord hates that because, really, I think we've all become accustomed to lying and losing the significance of it and what it is when we do lie. And usually it starts out as a, a white lie, mm-hmm. what we call it a white lie. What a white lie is still sin. Because a white lie is still a lie. And so, and you see this ingrained even in like um, two and three year olds when they get in trouble. Yeah. Did you do this? No, I didn't. Um, Cloud lies a lot. And now he's he's getting better. Yeah. He's getting better because he realized that we knew and he got in double trouble, one for the actual action and then another time for the actual lie. And so he had to learn the significance of lying. But it's, it's, but I think when you see two and three year olds naturally lying, it's it's associating it with the sinful nature, yeah. because um, we're born into it, and and kids and children they manifest that in a young age and don't even realize what they're manifesting. I'm not saying kids are evil, and well, some of them are. Uh, I've seen some, <laughs> but but you know it's like but there is an aspect of the manifestation of the sinful nature that's not been redeemed yet. Yeah. It's like they have to cover, a, like most people who lie have to lie to cover the lie. And mm-hmm. then by the time they're into the lie so far down, they don't, they actually believe their lie. Yeah. Because they've lied so much. Yeah. But it is a, you know, I think lying builds off of pride. Yes. It does. Yeah. And the consequence, they don't want to face the consequences of their original action that they, maybe they were involved with or maybe they've seen. So they had to lie because they knew the consequences that was coming towards, which could be a lot less worse than what it ends up being because it's, it's keeps getting growing deeper, deeper. So Mm -hmm. that's just me. You know, I think they don't want to face the consequences. They don't want to get caught. Yeah. Anybody else on the line? Honestly, um, when I look at this lying and so haughty eyes is prideful. And then you've got, Lying, uh, prideful uh, pride stems a lot from rebellion. Uh-huh. Feet that race to do wrong, that's mm-hmm. rebellion. Mm-hmm. A person who sows discord in a family, rebellion, and rebellion is as witchcraft. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> yeah, the Lord despises it. So. I mean, as I look, it's almost like the eyes behold, the tongue confesses, and then what we're going into next. Yeah, and of course you can. Contextually, this is all fallen under what Samuel Samuel Solomon said in verse twelve through sixteen, fifteen, 
which says, A worthless person, a wicked man, goes about with crooked speech, winks with his eyes, signals with his feet, points with his finger, with perverted heart devises evil, continually sowing discord. Therefore, calamity will come upon him suddenly. Mm -hmm. In a moment, he will be broken beyond healing. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's some really strong language Mm -hmm. from Solomon here. True. Uh, Now, we do have to bring into Jesus into this equation, though. Like, so absent of Jesus, there is a moment where you you get past healing. But we know Jesus said it himself. There's only one sin that cannot be forgiven, and that's blasphemy in the Holy Spirit. And so I think one thing Solomon didn't have a revelation of was Jesus and his redemptive power. Mm -hmm. But a person who's been redeemed cannot Mm -hmm. stay in these seven things and walk in it and claim to be an on-fire Christian. Like, and, and I'm not saying we're saved by our works or we're kept by our works. I think I preach the grace enough to know that people don't think that about me. But at the same time, it's the, the character fruit that we have is a manifestation of the internal salvation and transformation that we've had from Christ. And if there is no external fruit and manifestation, usually that's an indicator there's probably never been true transformation in your heart. Mm-hmm. You may have said a prayer. You may have repeated a prayer. You may go to church every Sunday. But unless there's a manifestation and a change, because, I mean, James says it, if there is no works, your faith is dead. Because there's going to have to be an external change. Are you going to be perfect the next day? Probably not. But should should we see a progression Mm -hmm. in our own lives as we walk out our salvation? Without a doubt. We shouldn't be the first. I should not be the same person today that I was 10 years ago. And if you are, there's something. Different. Yeah, um, and so, and I think we've given everybody an excuse not to grow, and we've given everybody an excuse not to grow in holiness and maturity, and we've used grace as sloppiness, and mm. and we've we've made no as a church, and especially from behind pulpits, we've been so afraid to put pressure on people to grow and to mature in holiness because we don't want to go into legalism, or we don't want people to go down the street because they don't want to stop sinning. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day. Holiness and legalism, you you do a lot of the same things. That's yeah. that's true. But it's all about motivation. Yeah, yeah. And it's the it's heart. It's all the heart. Yeah. Why yeah. Are you doing what it? is your intent of the heart? Yeah. Yes. <coughs> so and the question of why doesn't the church talk about it? Um, I think that it's really easy um, sometimes as for for Christians to focus on the blatant sins. Mm-hmm. You know, um, which would be like. Pornography, pornography, homosexuality, homosexuality like that. Sure. murder, yeah. things like that. Um, Adultery. Right, yeah. But yeah. when you get diving deeper into this, just the, the personal aspect of things. Yeah. And yeah. our, like you said, our character. This is a lot about character. It's, it, is, it is difficult for, because as Christians, we do have a right to judge other Christians within the church. Not outside of the church, but within the church. And I think that that's not to condemn, but to lift each other up and say, hey, mm-hmm. what, are, what are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. and I think that sometimes it's it would it would be very hard to stand up and say, hey, Jacob, I know you're not telling the truth. Like, what's yeah. what are you talking about? You know, um, so it, it, some I think that that's probably um, why. And that's something that the church really should work on um, is 
holding each other accountable. accountable. Yes, yeah. accountability. And I think the biggest problem with that for so many years is when people <laughs> hold each other accountable, that same person that's holding you accountable has no love in their heart towards you. Right. It's just an attack. And and they have yeah. and and maybe they haven't got the log out of their own eye. You exactly. know, they're just standing over here. They're not they're not doing it biblically. They're doing it with condemnation. Exactly. That's why relationships are so important in the body of Christ. Because if somebody that I don't have a relationship with, I just smile at and wave every single Sunday, but never get to know. They're coming up to me and telling me something hard. It's going to be harder for me to receive it probably. I'm not saying it would be wrong for them to do that. If, you know, because Mm -hmm. honestly, relationships are a two-way street. So if, you know, if I really want to have a relationship with someone, then it's my responsibility to go out of my way as well but i think when you've established that relationship it makes it flow more naturally and people that have like said hard things to me and like you know came to me in love and saying like hey this needs to change like this is something i've noticed it's It's easier for me to receive it still maybe hurts and offends but i'm like okay there's that relationship there it doesn't feel as foreign Mm -hmm. if that makes sense I mean, we've probably built this relationship over the years, and uh, <laughs> me and Jacob don't think anything about telling each other how we feel. No. <laughs> we, we will tell each other, <laughs> but we know at the end of the day that I know he'd stick by me closer than any brother that I have. You know? Yeah, yeah. And and I do think though, I th- I think to an extent too, a lot of preachers and teachers are not teaching this kind of stuff in the church um, because a lot of times they're they're active yeah. in their life, yeah. and you're sure. not gonna. I mean, it's it's hard to call out something that you're doing. Yeah, I'm I'm sure people get tired of me saying this, but you can't rebuke a devil that you're playing with. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just this is really hypocrisy in this truest. But then I think sometimes too, though, it's not really purposeful hypocrisy. Maybe somebody's just walking through a journey of something, and they're still because leaders are not fully sanctified always either. Like we we're still walking journeys. We're still walking life just like everybody else. So I think there's this balance, like, even if we haven't arrived yet, there's an excuse for not preaching it. And we don't have to sit up there and say, I think the hypocrisy and the self-righteousness comes whenever I've achieved this and you should be like me. Well, no, like, hey, guys, we all need to stop lying, like yeah. myself yeah. included. So whatever the Lord has to do to sanctify us, let's grow in being truthful. Or, um, you know, and I'm a pretty transparent guy, so whenever I have pride or something like that, I tell people. Like, I'm, I'll go up to people like, hey— yeah. I feel a hint of pride in my heart, and I want it out. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel the propensity for me to be prideful in this situation, and I really do want it out. Yeah. And and it's and it's easy to, like, to get there whenever – and I understand where leaders are at because when you start having people listening and you start having people traveling just to listen to you preach and you just have this and all this, there's that pride that wants to steal and build. And and I think that you that's where honesty and transparency with the group of people that you trust – becomes very influential and substantial because now I can go up to, I have a group of people that I can go up to and say, I feel pride in my heart. Can you all just pray for me? Yeah. Or I feel anger in my heart. Can you pray for me? Yeah. And and I think a lot of times these seven things are prevalent in the church because the church doesn't create a culture that people can grow in. True. It's either you're all right or you're all wrong. And we, we've got to learn to grow together. Don't you think, though, what I feel like on prayer nights, on Saturday nights, it's becoming more like that like sure. we're open to each other you can share what each other's struggles are and you know that they're there to lift you up and be behind you and that's what i think prayer does it builds relationship it brings you to full alignment with each other uh, like 
I can bear your burdens and help you. You know, when one is mourning or when one's in joy, you know, you're, you, you, you almost kind of walk like they did in the upper room. They came into one mind and one accord. And it was almost kind of like, I feel like that's what prayer does when you're praying together corporately and as a body, it brings that unity together. Mm-hmm. And I know I, I know when we kind of like back away from prayer, uh, you know, or maybe we're just got a lot going on. I can tell a difference. I can tell a big difference. Yeah, and I can tell a big difference. Like because it's been well, there was fall break, and you know there, we've missed a few. I think two prayers, maybe one or two. I don't know, but yes, I can definitely feel a difference. Yeah. Um, it's just amazing to have that corporate prayer. It is on Saturdays. And it don't have to just be Saturday, you know, if you have a team that you can gather together any night of the week. That's, I mean, it's, it, it just, it's awesome, you know. Well, we got five minutes for the yeah. break, so we can knock out another one, I yeah. think. Let's try. Um, we'll try. Um, let's see here. Hands that shed innocent blood. Yeah, which we're kind of seeing right now. And even in Israel and in areas all over the world, it's, and I think hands that shed innocent blood are people who've lost the sacredness of life. And you can go into not just what's happening right now abortion. with... Uh, you definitely go into abortion. And that's where I was heading is like, it's not just what's happening there today, it's what's been happening yeah. since 1970s. And um, all the babies that's been slaughtered in the womb, we've lost the sacredness of life. We've lost this... Um, we've lost the... We're for, for, uh, fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. Like, all these things like... I, th- I think this is a result of where we stop loving people. Yeah. And we stop seeing um, people as, I don't, I want to make sure I word this right because you, you can never untake back what you say. Um, you can say sorry, but it's still there. We've stopped loving people and we've <laughs> stopped seeing people as created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. And we really do wrestle against flesh and blood a lot more than we ever want to admit. Yeah, and so we're slaughtering innocent blood, innocent lives because we really don't see them as yeah. worth anything. And Brother Ron used to say, "Those who hate, which basically hate Jesus, love death." Mm-hmm. And it's those who have no thought of Christ or Jesus in their hearts. Um, they hate. They love death. They just love it. I mean, it's just something that just. It, it just you you look at how some of these people just they how can they do this you look at that how in the world could they do these to certain just people in general or you know babies and and i'm sitting there thinking too like i'm sure paul you know he was when he was saul he was doing the same thing he was shedding innocent blood you know even though he thought he was doing right you know, at, at the time, he... He, he had, was convinced that people weren't innocent. Exactly. Um, but I don't know how anybody can be convinced that a baby's not innocent. I, I can never yeah. understand that. Mm-hmm. But I was just thinking also about how it says, hands that shed innocent blood. What do you all think about, you know, I've heard people that, you know, vote for these things, vote yeah. for abortion or even fund money, you know, for <laughs> this to happen. Like, in my... I mean, what I see, you're... Just like we sow seed here into a ministry, people who are doing that are sowing seed and taking part in what's happening in that shedding of innocent blood. I think there is truth to that, but I think we have to think through all that. Now, 
if you are voting for somebody who is their main platform is abortion. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a different story. But but I do think sometimes, like right now, when we vote, we're voting for people that's going to have some kind of corruption about them. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we don't know fully what they're all. And about. so yeah, I that's think true. I think I hate to say like the lesser of two evils because I don't want to, but then I don't want to be a Christian who don't vote either. True. Because yeah. if you're never going to vote for a person that may support something you don't support, then you probably never vote, to be honest with you. And and I think that's what's happened to the Christian because the evangelical church don't vote as a general statement. Like, we really don't vote. It's the evangelical church. I think one statistic was like 20 or 30% of the evangelical vote. And if we would vote, we would change the course of about every election. Um, but, I, but I also don't think we should be actively voting for people like if your if your goal is to promote abortion that's and what i'm saying like if you if you stand for abortion and you're yep. voting for somebody because they stand for abortion yeah. like like intentionally abortion's probably the one that i couldn't vote for you even if i agreed with every single policy you had if you stood for abortion i wouldn't i couldn't vote for you because <clears throat> i think that's a moral vote now um now the question though comes like what if you're more of a libertarian who says we shouldn't be involved they're not really proactively speaking for or against abortion. They just don't think the government has the right to intervene. That becomes a little more tricky because they're not actively. I still don't think I could consciously vote for them, but that does become a question of conscience for people. Then at that point, because they're not voting and they're not going to push the abortion agenda, but they're not really going to push back against it either. They mm-hmm. just think the government should be out of it, and I don't agree with that pre- premise. But that becomes a ethical question at that point. What do you do with that? But I think abortion is the one for me that I can't, I couldn't vote for somebody who supports abortion. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's, I think it's hard to find a candidate that supports every single thing that we would stand for. And I don't know if we have that um, in a lot of areas. I think that's tricky. Um, But I do think, I think if you do have to vote for somebody that you don't agree with everything on, I think it's okay personally. Now, I can't do it like on the radio or something like that, but personally say, I'm voting for this guy, but I 100% don't agree with his view on this because I think Scripture speaks another thing. Or maybe it's such an appointment. Like, again, I'm going to go back to abortions, the one thing that it's a staple for me. I will not vote for somebody that's going to be pro-abortion. That's what I was talking about, just because I don't see how that's not taking part in it. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, other things can be maybe open-handed or whatever well there's other things that are more that are still biblically questionable but i think abortion is a different level for me because that's why why i voted for the orange man the orange-haired man he uh, was strong against abortion yeah well um that was jacob swiss personal opinion not uh (laughs) not box two radios uh (laughs) and so let's say his name um but but even let's go away from voting even funding Sowing yep. money into the into these organizations yeah. mm-hmm. that commit these things, yeah, that it's hard that fund yeah. Planned Parenthood and different things. Well, I think you have to go to is it their whole agenda? Yeah, like because honestly, most of your major corporations are going to fund something. And well, if you don't know about it, then that's different. But I'm yeah. saying intentional, intentionally sowing seed into it. Well, you, I think that like. <laughs> I mean, this is a really hard topic because, and we're at a we're actually over our break. Um, I think if their main agenda is that, like, there's one corporate chain that we don't go into, because I feel like most of what they're pushing for is contrary to what we believe. 
But honestly, if you go into another corporation that probably every one of us shop at least once or twice a week at, they're going to fund certain things too. But they don't, that's not their agenda. Does that make sense? And I think that's the questionable thing. That's how it starts to get really difficult and really, because if, if, if we don't, I don't know. We're going to have to cover this again afterwards. Because <laughs> um, it does get really tricky because about every, every chain that we eat at, every grocery store that we go to, somewhere in their budget, they're probably funding yeah. something that would be anti-biblical. Especially like the main brands that we buy. Yeah. Um, and so, but I think there's, I do think there's a distinctive difference pl- between um, corporations that are, their goal and agenda is to fund ungodly things. Yeah. And um, and plus there's some corporations that somebody in a room sit down and said, we're going to make this policy. And then the rest of the corporation has to go with it because the guy made the policy, but it's yeah. not really the corporation's, the employee's view or maybe the store manager's view or something like that. So I don't know. I think this is an incredibly difficult question, and I think I'm over the break. So let's do the second trivia question for the day, and then we'll come back and discuss more of this. What color, or let's see, i got to make sure I get this, Wednesday question number two, sponsored by Higdon Land Surveying. What color was the stew that Esau begged Jacob to give him? What color was the stew that Esau begged Jacob to give him? 270-257-2689. Call in. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings with Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.
All right, we are back here on Mornings with Box 2 Radio. This is truly the day that the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in October 11, 2023. And we're just rolling right along this morning. And uh, we have opened up a can of worms with these seven things God hates. And then it's just... It's just a doorway to other things to talk about. We do have an answer for our trivia question. What color was the stew that Esau begged Jacob to give him? Red. Genesis 25:30, and Brother Greg Carwell got that right. And he said the color of Esau's soup is significant in end-time prophecy, he says. So. All righty. Good stuff. Hey, real quick. Uh, is this another question that's going to get me in? No, no, no. This hands that shed innocent blood, I was just thinking about this. Could we even say go as far as a slander? I think slandering would probably be discord. Okay. Among the brethren. Because when you slander, you're causing discord. Well, I mean, I'm just saying slander is like murder. Yeah. Well, you're a murderous tongue at that point. Like, I can't kill somebody with slander physically. Yeah. But I can kill you emotionally and spiritually, I guess you could say, slandering. Um, So feet that race to do wrong. Um, to me, that's like, um, I don't care what the rule is. Um, I'm going against it. Doesn't yeah. matter to me. Uh-huh. You know. Um, I'm glad that you brought up rebellion because the whole time that was the one that was sticking out to me that I was like, what? what is that really talking about? Feet that race to do wrong. Like, yeah. you are rebellious against this this set of of rules just because maybe you don't like it or... Mm-hmm. You don't want to do it, so... And that, like, you just make yeah. it a point in your life to always want to do wrong. To yeah. always seek the you're, evil. You're always racing seek. to do wrong. You're yeah. racing to be rebellious. Yeah. 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 And honestly, like, a lot of times you see that in lives of people who are hurt, yeah. broken. Reject- mm-hmm. It stems from rejection. Yeah. 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 Um, because they're trying to find place yeah. somewhere and that a lot of times people who's racing to do evil sin feels good for a season but then it will be paid for one day mm-hmm. and a lot of times when people are racing to do it it's because they're racing to stop feeling what they're feeling yeah. and this is where romans becomes significant because it's we have the god of hope mm-hmm. and the honestly the church has has held hope captive because we haven't released it and hope is a man named Jesus. And the more we release Jesus into our nation, the more people understand who he is. What we've released is religion, and religion is hopeless. Mm-hmm. We haven't released Jesus because Jesus is full of hope. And a lot of times when people are racing to do evil and racing to get into these minds, now I get it, there is those times where people just love evil, like just people love to be evil. But a lot of times what I found when people rush to sin is they're rushing to sin because they're hurting. Yeah. And they're needing to take away something that's there. And only one thing will eternally take that away, and that's, that's Jesus. Jesus. Because sin does feel good for a season. Yeah. But then it'll but then the payments do. Mm-hmm. And that's never the fun thing. And so, um What do you all think about the false witness that um breathes out lies? Breathes out lies, yeah. Um Well, I think this lies are different than the lying tongue. Yeah. I think this one is where I purposefully lie about people. So that would maybe be more slanderous, what Jacob was talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's where we purposefully lie about people. And um, like, well, Jacob, he, well, I don't know. What can I say about Jacob? Um, what can you not 
So this one is you're you're saying that this one is the one that purposely lies <clears throat> about people. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it talked about a false witness. So they're basically spreading something that's not true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it How could. How much does this happen in politics? We it, won't get into that. But mm. <laughs> it, it it could be along the lines though of. I think it's lying about people because false witness, like the Ten Commandments, we should not bear false witness. Yeah. So, like, if if it's a court law, we can't lie. Like, you know, it's we got to be honest about what we report, what we see. But also, I think this could go into the area of like religion too, and false prophets and false. Uh, yeah, this. I was kind of wondering. Yeah, mm. we're bearing that, false witness. What I was thinking, like, are you? Okay, this is this is my thoughts. And it and it kind of goes back to a prideful thing. Do you have a false holy spirit? Mm-hmm. Are you are you false prophesying to people? And that that's what it makes me think of. Yeah. Um, then that's honestly with that's kind of what the Jezebel spirit, one of the markers of is Jezebel will falsely prophesy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jezebel will falsely do this. And and I think whenever you get into those those areas, I think the false prophets do have anti-Christ spirit in them. Mm-hmm. And and so, and I think these are people who bear false witness, but I, I think it's, I don't want to isolate it just to religion and false prophets. I yeah. think it could be as well the, I can't bear false witness against Jacob. Mm-hmm. And so if, if somebody does wrong and they come to you, like one thing that I really don't like is those TikTok videos and Facebook videos of like, we're going to see how true of a friend they are. And, you know, a girlfriend or a wife calls and says, is Johnny with you? Oh, yeah, he's with you, but he's not with you. Yeah. I think that's bearing a false witness. Yeah, it is. And I think that's that's somebody who's lying to bear a false witness. It's like you take somebody's side without knowing the truth. Yeah. And then it could be you're just bearing a false witness to, to somebody mm. because you're like, well, yeah, yeah. Because they might be your buddy. You're like, yeah, I'm going to side with them even if it's a lie. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. Um, now... This would bring up the ethical question of like, was it a lie to lie about a Jew being hidden during the Holocaust? Yeah, like we had to, we had to tackle these questions. The little bit of Bible college that we did have, we had to tackle it, and it was really split. And that's a really hard question. So I'm not going to say I have all the answers, yeah. mm-hmm. um, because it got really heated in some of these classrooms yeah, about that question. Would I have lied to save a Jew's life? Probably. I'd have been honest with you. I probably would have. Mm-hmm. Could I say that wasn't a sin and I needed to repent? I can't tell you that either way. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, I, I it, it was a lie. Like, but it was to save a person's life. Like, well, I was just talking about bearing false witness. That's just to because somebody's cheating on another person. You're going to help them out. Like, that's a whole different story. And so, I think this question is very difficult in the sense of that. But I I told everybody in the class I probably definitely would have lied to a Nazi soldier to save a Jew's life. Mm-hmm. I mean, just but it could be the same way today. Would you lie to protect your friend? If yeah, you well, know. I mean, if somebody was chasing you with an axe, yeah, and, and you like, you hit in my bedroom, not in here. Like, is that a lie technically? No, that's but that's what we're talking about because yeah. a lying tongue is going to be something too that's doing it constantly. This yeah. is breathing out lies, so yeah. you're breathing out constant lies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not talking about a single act of trying to do something that right. Uh, These are people that are blatantly 
rebellious and prideful and can it go back to the intent of the heart mm-hmm. i mean if you're breathing yeah. out laws that means there had to be laws inside of you yeah well your intent to hurt someone that's the thing with a lie is an intent to hurt or an intent to cover up something uh, of a sin cover up is a lot of the time yeah covering up yeah um i had one listener wanted to hear about the end time prophecy and esau soup color um, since Brother Greg's the one who brought it up, we'll wait till tomorrow and let Brother Greg discuss his views on the color of the soup and why it's important in time prophecy. Um, and so I just want to tell that listener who sent that in, we're not going to try to ignore your question. We'll do, we'll put it on the docket for tomorrow and let Greg explain from his point of view why red and Esau soup is significant. And so um, I'm sure that makes him excited. I'm holding up questions oh, yeah. for him. I'm sure it'll be interesting. <laughs> He's driving down the road now shouting, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, I got I to get him back somehow because during the share he said that they would do the final little bit if I wouldn't sing no more. And now he did come back and say, I'm allowed to sing as much as I want. But I was like, man, I was just singing my little heart out. And they gave extra money just for me to be quiet. Uh, but <laughs> anyways, I, I do think um, – Let's see. I want to go back here, though. Um, I think the feet that make haste to run to evil is a big deal, but also I don't want to skip over a heart Heartless. that devises yeah. that wicked plans. Yeah. And I think a lot of these things are, again, they're characteristic traits of who a worthless, wicked person is, according to Solomon, upwards in verse 12. But it's somebody who's literally making wicked plans in their heart. Mm. Now, what would what would you all say classifies as a wicked plan? Is it anything evil or is it like a Ponzi scheme? Like, you know, like a business person who has a Ponzi scheme, who's going to corrupt and steal money from people. I think that encompasses a wide range of like, if you're intentionally plotting against a family or a ministry or, Mm -hmm. Um, even the littlest things yeah like if your if your goal is how can I cause discord what um, that to me that that's a that's wicked plans um, and I mean that could range from small to murder mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that like you know out of anger go and destroy people's property or destroy like yeah. uh, slash yeah. tires or you know just any act like that that's intentionally just to harm somebody or I don't know man when you look at it you, you think somebody like these people who plan these mass murders where they go in and they're just you know they've got this huge plan on how they're going to do this and you know they when they actually go back and research these people out they have this plan they had set out for months and they've targeted people and targeted this but it, i think it's more than just what we're saying just some big crazy act of some violence it could be just the littlest of devising how to pull people into sin or i'm going to devise a plan to get them to fall or i'm going to devise a plan where i can get them away for I can be there, or, you know what I'm saying, moving them out of the way for I can be put in place somewhere. I, I know that's how a lot of people, um, I, I think it's just the, the, the heart is deceivedly, it's wicked, unless we're leading it by the Holy Spirit. Our hearts need to be led by the Spirit of God, and yeah. we have to lead our heart. Um, 
So. I, I think it's – I think you have to go back up and read again. Verse 12, a worthless person, a wicked, wicked man, goes about with crooked speech. So he's, he's, his speech is corrupt. Mm-hmm. He winks with his eyes, signals with his feet, points with his fingers, and with a perverted heart devises evil. I think it's somebody who has a perverted heart. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very intentional. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go back up and you read, he winketh with his eyes, speaketh with his feet, and um, teacheth with his fingers. That's somebody that's, pr- that's pretty intentional. Yeah. Miss mm-hmm. Gale said, I think all these point to one of us, um, one who is consumed with themselves. They will do anything to promote and elevate themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think... Pride is the first one mentioned for sure. Yeah. And, That's right. Um, <clears throat> he with his feet. That's what I'm trying. Signal with his feet. What's I think it's talking about here. Uh, his mouth is corrupt. His eyes are corrupt. His feet are corrupt. He's signaling where so he's going to go. He's walking. Yeah. It, yeah. Um, now there might be a prolific understanding that I don't know per se, but I, that would kind of be where I'm probably hang my hat is everything about him's just become corrupt. And mm-hmm. and so where he's walking is pointing you towards something that's un- yeah. unhealthy. Where he's going, what he's saying, where he's pointing his finger is all becoming unhealthy. I'll look up and see. Um, yeah, they're just, let's see, the ESV study notes say not only his mouth, crooked speech, but also his eyes, feet, and finger are used to communicate deceptively. It's just he's pointing you in the wrong direction. So if you're following where he's walking, you're going to you're going to go in the wrong direction. If you're following where he's telling you to go, you're going to go in the wrong direction. If you follow where he's looking, you're going to go in the wrong direction. He's deceiving you and because he's a worthless wicked person is what the scripture says. Um and then of course the last one which we again the seventh is an abomination, the one who sows discord among brethren. Again, that goes back up again to verse 14. With a perverted heart devises evil, continually sowing discord. Therefore, calamity will come upon him suddenly. In a moment, he will be broken beyond healing. I think the one who sows discord among brethren will reap discord. Yeah. And calamity. Yeah, that's true. And and so sometimes when people, and I'm going to say this in all love. I'm saying this in love. If you're a person who's surrounded by drama, Everywhere you go, maybe you should look in the mirror mm-hmm. because we're reaping what we're sowing. True. If you're somebody who feels like always, not every time something bad happens is it the enemy, yeah. like coming against you, like a spiritual fight. Because George even brought it up yesterday about, you know, judgment and ju- talking about, you know, God will use anything to bring people back to him. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. sometimes like, we want to blame the enemy sometimes when it's really our flesh. Like we want to blame the enemy for what we're reaping from what we sow. Yeah. And if we live our life in chaos, don't be a surprise when you reap chaos. That's true. And I think this is where it's so important and essential to dive into the scripture and get truth. Because again, a lot of these situations, even what we were talking about earlier, we will try to finish it sometime like with corporations we visit and places we spend our money. Like, there's a certain corporation, and I'm not saying the names on the air. I'm just going to say it. Um, there's a certain store that I will not go to. Now, if I did go to it, do I feel like I'm going to hell? By no means. Like, I don't feel like it's going to send me to hell if I go there. But I feel like, for me, it's a conscientious decision to make a stand. 
And so, and I feel like the Lord will bless me for making that stand because I feel like this store in its truest agenda has a corrupt motive. Like, I feel like everything they're about is to push this agenda. And so I can't do it, but I, I don't feel like it's a gospel question. I don't think it's a, if I go in there, it means I'm a bad Christian. Or if I go in there, it yeah. means that I'm going to hell. Mm-hmm. For me, I have to stand on what I believe and I have to make convictions and own it. And and it's all for me, all comes back to peace mm-hmm. because I don't want anything to disrupt my peace. And so my decision, and I'm saying this loudly, my decision not to celebrate Halloween is not because I think Halloween sending me to hell if I did. My decision is about peace, and it's about what yeah. the Holy Spirit's led me in my heart. Right. And again, if you practice Halloween, I don't think you're going to hell. Like I feel like it's dangerous in some areas, and I feel like we've desensitized children to the things that Halloween promote. Yeah. But for me, I want to guard peace in my own heart, yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't want turmoil. Exactly. We don't want more warfare in our homes. And, okay. and so that's kind of what I'm— where I'm going at with the sowing discord is I think God hates it, but I, if everywhere you going and everything you do produces discord, it may not always be us, somebody else's fault. Right. Yeah. And it's time we check ourselves a little bit. Look in the mirror. I mean, where it comes down to it is we have to give no place for the devil to Mm -hmm. have an even operation. I mean, it's hard. It really is. Sometimes things are easy, but then there's things that, okay, when we start digging deep into this stuff like Halloween, different things that uh, there's a separation of it, I can't give no place to him. And there's things still in my life I'm still God's pinpointing, God's yeah. taking like the like the, the the teacher with the red check mark. Okay, Jacob, now we got to work on this. Jacob, we got to work on this. I mean, it's a, it's 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 a continual process. I believe that God is getting us perfected. He's trying yeah. to get his bride to that place where they're spotless without blemish. Yeah. yeah. And but for me, I'm I'm with you right where you're at. And it's not legalistic for me at this point. No. It's joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I found a it's joy. Yeah. It's it and it's a freedom. Is yeah. Because when um for, and this is I'm speaking from my own personal experience, but whenever God does and, and I prayed for it specifically, God just didn't didn't do it not saying that he won't do it for some people but i prayed for it specifically for god to show me the truth and to peel the scales from my eyes that was my prayer for a long time and when he did it was it was kind of painful actually it it really was because it it was very difficult to um to stop doing something that i had been doing my whole entire life Mm. it was difficult and and for my and for my for my kids too but it was important for me to educate and and to to really go way back past you know the catholic the catholic church you know calling it all saints day and um and and for me it really come down to compromise Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. am i compromising you know just for the fact that i don't want to give up my tradition yeah. That that was that was my personal conviction, and I'm with Aaron. I do not think that anybody's going to lose their salvation and go to hell if no, you if you do these things. But it's I think that God is starting to reveal the truth to people, mm-hmm. and um, He convicted me of a lot of things before He did Halloween. And I had a friend that 
that was asking me about it and I said I don't I don't know yet you know I, I don't know and I I really started specifically praying for that and then God started showing me things and um taking me way back into history and so that that was my personal yeah. convictions with it and I do think sometimes the Lord will put something in our lap yeah and say what, what are you going to do with it mm-hmm. and how we handle that what you're going to do with it determines what next what are we going to do with it and for me like i think somehow in christianity in america we've really developed this easy sloppy weak anemic broken cheap gospel yeah, yeah. and i never want to add works to the equation yeah. that's not what we're doing but Jesus talked about being his disciple. Mm-hmm. And here's what I really got. I'm at this point now where I almost feel like, you know, people are probably believers. Like, they're going to heaven, but they're not disciples. And can we go back to the, where they followed Jesus from afar off? Yeah. I mean, and they're still following Jesus. Like, yeah. they've, they're born again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're kind of just wasting a talent. They're just wasting it. They're wasting what God's giving them. They're wasting everything God's God's done for them. And are they born again? That's that's the Lord's decision. Like what I'm saying is, like in Luke, Jesus says, unless you're willing to give it up, everything, yeah. you're not worthy to be my disciple. And I, and are we a fan or are we a disciple? Yeah. Right. And and that that was that was really hard because um, to me the Holy Spirit was telling me you asked me to show you and Mm -hmm. I showed you and that goes back to what you just said what are you going to do with it Mm -hmm. and and then the Lord led me to the scripture that talked about um you know the dog going back to its own vomit Mm. um I think that's in is that in Hebrews Mm -hmm. it's let's see here you can keep talking I'll look it up um but that that was the scripture that stood out to me was that I showed you now are you going to go back to your own vomit? Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I mean, I always heard this saying, and I won't say Proverbs twenty six eleven. Proverbs. Yep. I'm going back to Proverbs again. <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always heard this. It's always stuck with me for for a long time. And he said, uh, most of us is how much of hell we can get. Uh, how much of hell can we put leave in our lives and still make it into heaven? How about how close to God we can get and still be on earth? Mm-hmm. And I think it's always stuck with me. It's like. I don't want, I don't want to be close to hell. I don't want to have that part. You know, if there's any part that is not of God, I don't want it in my life. Even if it, it's hard. If it's a hard thing. If it's, uh, you know, that it, or if it calls a place that I've given to the enemy, I don't mm-hmm. want it that even close to me. And I'm still a work in progress. I right. Mean, like, still, what is all this rooted in? Yeah. You know, and yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of arguments and. Um, and, and some some of those arguments that that I've seen, um, they they call out other they call out other holidays and um, you know that's a whole other topic. But you know on some of that I can agree. But we'll maybe well save that here's what time. like um, I'm gonna do a video. I don't know why. I'm just gonna do it, and it's gonna be called Halloween from a Pastor's Heart. And I just want to talk about this subject openly and. Because, honestly, history is very muddied on it. I will admit that. Like, mm-hmm. we have about six different ideas of where Halloween are derivative from. 
you can go from the Celtic, you can go from the Roman Catholic, um, you can go yeah. to the Aztec. Like, there's several different views. And then, of course, nobody knows where trick-or-treating comes from. Like, honestly, nobody can really tell you exactly where, because the the Celtic kind of had there, the Aztec has there, the Roman Catholic Church has their view. Like, everybody has all these views. And we, and at the end of the day, we keep going back to history or this. For me, the question's always going to be this. It may be permissible, but is, is it, it profitable? profitable? Yeah. It's is it pro, is it drawing me closer to the Lord? And that's not just Halloween. It's every aspect of my life. Is you know, um, I'll I'll, I'll uh, a, a mission. I love chick flicks. I love chick flicks. Heather makes me fun of me. I love the chick flicks. <laughs> all right, I do. And a lot of your chick flicks, like on Pure Flicks and all them, they're not bad movies. There's nothing sinful yeah. in it. And I can watch one every once in a while, and I do watch them. Me and Heather will sit down and watch a movie. But even entertainment and what I'm watching, there's some shows and there's some stuff I gave up that's not necessarily sinful. But it's like, is it profitable? Mm-hmm. Is it drawing me closer to the Lord? And, and I feel like there comes a point in our Christian walk to where we decide, are we going to be a nominal, regular Christian who's added Jesus to our Christmas tree or is Jesus going to be our Christmas tree? Like, is he our everything? Yeah. And is he just an ornament on it to make us fulfill our religious checkoff box? Or has he j- truly become our all in all? And I don't want Aaron at the center of my life. Mm-hmm. I want Jesus at the center of it. <clears throat> I and agree. everything I do, I want, to, I want it to stem from him and his truth and what he's called us to do. And when you make that decision, things will start changing. That's right. And traditions will start to fall yeah and yeah. schedules will start to change and so and katie is right they're uncon- it's uncon- it's uncomfortable yeah. it's yeah. very uncomfortable it's, it hurts yeah it does hurt but it produces a joy it eventually does. yeah sorry I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off Hannah. i just no it's you, true it's true um because the thing is, i think we really when we talk about these conversations we really start to see how tightly we're holding on to worldly things Mm -hmm. like the holy spirit will reveal to us how tightly we've held on to these things (coughs) and my prayer is that you know we know that all of all things in this world are temporary and my prayer is that the lord will continue to reveal to us not only things that are not profitable and not leading us closer to him but things that we've actually idolized and mm. held on to so tightly that we haven't even been able to to recognize because mm-hmm. it's so accepted by our and families right. and our society so, yeah. sometimes you, you don't actually most of the time you don't realize how tightly that you're holding on to traditions of man and and pagan traditions that have been passed on for hundreds of generations until somebody or something or maybe the holy spirit reveals to you what it actually is and then then you get offended by it you know i mean could we even i know we're over for the break but just gonna say this we blew through the break Uh, (laughs) (laughs) if you you think about this um whatever the enemy can use to get you into a darker place yeah so even if halloween started off as just say if it started off innocently of something it just molded and the more the, every year that goes by it gets darker and darker and darker and now when we're having open festivals 
of tarot card reading, whatever way the enemy can get people to get deeper into the dark realm, he'll take something, even if it's the innocent thing, and he'll twist it, and he'll manipulate it, and he'll get you, it's a slow fade, so it's a process. He He's in the end game thing. He's not like what I can get you to just do right now. It's like, mm-hmm. what can I infect you with some at this point in your life? From birth that, almost. Yes, and grow. And if it takes 20 years to get you to get... He's, he, 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 he spends his whole time and his whole life to make your life, basically, he's wanting to drag you to hell with him. That's what he's wanting. But he's in it for the long game. He's in um, it for the long game. We're short game. Um, there's a listener, and I figured this was coming. Um, in, in your biblical opinion... Um, let me get back to it. In your yeah. biblical opinion, is trick or treat Halloween in the same group as Santa, Santa Easter Bunny, Tooth Fairy, etc.? Well, all right. You don't want me to answer this. Uh, I know yes. that's what she's gonna say. Katie, yes. you just stay over there. Uh, Katie, Katie, I'm answering for her. I think it is. All right. I think that here's my biblical opinion on this. I think there is origins in about all the holidays that we participate in. Now, when you talk about ethical debates and you start to talk about conscientious debates, then you have to go into what we call the Genesis origin. And the Genesis origins of everything is where everything originated from. Now, if the Genesis origin is bad, but then maybe in our culture it's transitioned, like Halloween's never transitioned. Yeah. It's still with this Genesis. But I will say Easter and Christmas has transferred in the sense of it's predominantly a Christian-based thing now does my kids i'm gonna i'm gonna say all this does my kids believe santa brings them presents no all right does my kids really believe in a tooth fairy no like if my eight-year-old comes up and says a tooth fairy did this okay do we bombard her at that moment no we might educate but we never lie to our kids so we're never telling them this or that all right but and most of the kids are at school at this time so i usually don't talk about santa until after kids are at school because i never want to I tell my kids, don't go to school and tell them what we think. Like, let the parents be the ones to decide that for their children. All right? Um, But I do think, like, I tell my kids truth because I don't want them to feel like Jesus isn't real. So once they feel out something else isn't real, I don't want them to say, well, did he lie about Jesus too? So that's the area of truth for me. Um, But I do, I personally do feel like the origins, whatever they were of Easter and Christmas, they have trans into more of a Christian-based. Now, I, me and Heather, we've really never celebrated Easter per se right. like everybody else does. We do Resurrection Sunday. And for Christmas, it's not Santa and stuff. Like, do we put up a Christmas tree? We do. Um, but do we, like, is it all about Santa for us? No, it's really not. We, we try to stress the Jesus importance. We try to stress all that. Like, was Jesus born on December 25th? No, he was born in September. Like, that's pretty much a given. We get all of that. But for me, the Genesis origin doesn't hold up at all with Halloween because it's never transferred. It's never transitioned. It's still marked by darkness for me. And so, and I'm not trying to excuse anything with the Easter eggs and all that. Like, for me, like, I think on, on Easter Sunday, all right, well, that's Resurrection Sunday. And I'm going to celebrate Resurrection Sunday. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna celebrate it. Do I celebrate the Easter Bunny that day? I don't think we've ever done the Easter Bunny mm-hmm. before. I don't even think we give our... Honestly, I'm trying to think back. We don't even really give our kids Easter baskets at all. Like, we don't do any of that stuff. Now, some people in our other family, 
they'll they'll send a basket or something. We don't like quit. Like you know, we let our kids eat the candy and all that. Like it's but. I don't. I feel like there's a Genesis origin debate to be had here, and I know I might be isolating myself a little bit, but I feel like overall, when you think of Easter and Christmas in modern day culture, you don't associate it nothing with what it was originated as. Whereas Halloween, I feel like the it's still there. Yeah. Well, I think we have to look at. I mean, even before Christmas, now it like we are celebrating Christians should be celebrating Jesus's birth. Yeah. So whether you choose to do it on that day or not, the enemy tries to imitate and and take the glory on something that should be given the Lord glory. Now, should we have ever celebrated on December 25th? I'm still wrestling with that because I don't really yeah. I don't know how we got there. But I know how we got there. I mean, I know I know how we got there, I but I don't know this. why we got there. If anybody wants my opinion, you'll have to come to me personally. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. De- not gonna delve that deep on the radio. Um, it it is. It's a lot of stuff to look into, and I've been looking into like the dates and things like that. But originally, if we are celebrating Christmas to celebrate Jesus's birth, then that's. I don't know. It's so hard to to, to hit every point of what the arg- yeah. the arguments and things like that. Um, and and I do want to say this, like, I think we have to take a deep breath every once in a while and like, just say, okay, Lord, just guide me. Holy Spirit, if you don't want me to do this, don't yeah. do this. Um, Work out our own because I would say a lot of the things we are doing today does have pagan practices because they're coming from pagan things. It's just Halloween for me personally is one thing I can never see evolving. Like it's never transitioned into a Christian holiday at all. It's still marked by darkness and witches and witchcraft and ghouls and gogs. And and really the biggest thing about fear for, is, is fear. Like Halloween wants to produce fear. And fear, in the sense of that fear, it's not godly. There is a fear of God that's godly, but that's not that kind of fear. And so um, I think that... I think that um, I think that I knew I was going to have to answer that question. But it's not an easy question to answer. But I do think that every once in a while, you just got to take a deep breath and rely on the Holy Spirit to guide you and direct you. And um, and so... You about to say something? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to hold back because... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I just... If we... Re- I know this is off the subject from this, what we're talking about, but I just feel like we live in a system that's been created over time that we are all in this system that has been created to get us to do like everybody else like it, you, it's like everybody celebrates this or everybody celebrates this but as soon as you buck up against the system and you start seeing things then you kind of get you know, okay, this guy's trying to break free from this. You know, nobody wants nobody to think freely anymore, like in a sense of openly trying to challenge the status quo of what's happening today. So I just, I feel like when we do this, it's like we're all diving deep because we've all been in a culture. Of, this is the culture that we've been belonged to for so long, and we're trying to break free from this, uh, from what we have been taught for so long what have they done in our mindsets you know when we develop this mindset of celebrating this celebrating this celebrate and like that's what i love about aaron is he gets us how much have we been taught scripturally from a pulpit that wasn't scripture 
but it was just man's thinking. And how what I love about Aaron is he gets us to dive into the Word of God and to really know what this is saying. What does this apply to my life? Because I live by the Word of God and the Word of God only. It's it's nothing else. So if the Word of God's telling me this, I want it to change my heart. I want it to change my mind. I don't want outside interference. I don't want man's opinion. I want God's opinion. And I think for so long we've been taught to not do that. You know, mm-hmm. you just listen to what they tell you and you do it. And no, 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 really, you know, trying to figure out what the scripture is telling me. Yeah. And I feel like it applies to not just even holidays. It's it's going deeper than that. But I have to be quiet because I don't want to go any de- dive any deeper than what I. I do agree, though. I think we need to stop thinking of, well, I'm going to miss out on this or what is my family going to think about this or, you know, I've done this forever. So why would I stop now? I think we need to think about it as what is the Holy Spirit leading me to do yeah. above everything else? Am I willing to give up even holidays? Even What's pleasing to the Lord? Yes, yeah. whatever's pleasing to the Lord. Am I willing to seek that and, and allow my ears to be open to the Spirit to hear what he wants me and my family to do, even if nobody else chooses to do it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's where we have to get to. And, and I think along that path, as we're listening to what he wants us to do, not what we want to do and what our other people want us to do, we'll start to even be educated more because the Holy Spirit is the greatest teacher. And I'm sure that even if there's so much history and it gets muddy, the Holy Spirit can point us to the exact history we need to learn mm-hmm. and that we need to know. And he can help. He can do it a lot better than we can do it. So, yeah, I agree. Mm. All right. <laughs> I mean, we it, don't have enough time to get into the details. We really don't. In one morning, unless we started yeah. at the very beginning on this topic. Well, I mean, because it's just there's so many. Yeah, I think this is where we give. We do, and maybe this is the pastor coming out of me that we do have to give people grace to grow, yes. and that we always have Definitely. to have grace to grow. And um, you know, I, I think that when we talk about this situation of holidays or stuff like this, it's always been a topic. It's always been a top, and it always gets stirs up the worst around Christmas and Halloween, for sure. Sure. Um, and one thing we can't let is to be a divisive thing to where it tears down the body of Christ. We've yeah. still got to continue to build each other up. Exactly. And, and we um, don't want self-righteousness. And yes, we love them where they're at. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, because, like, you know, uh, Miss Gail said that she respectfully disagrees with me on Eastern Hawk Christmas, and so does Miss Katie does, too, I know. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? At the end of the day, we can all still be yeah. brothers and sisters in Christ. Like, I think, hopefully she thinks nothing less of me, and I don't think nothing less of anybody else. For But I, for me, I will stand, and the question for me was the biblical, I just feel like, I feel personally just Halloween's different. I feel like it's never, yeah. I feel like, in Christmas, regardless of the 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 things around it, I, on Christmas, even though I really don't think he was born on that day, I celebrate him. Like I celebrate Jesus. Halloween, I can't celebrate Jesus. No. Like it's not yeah. like I'm gonna dress up as a witch today and praise Jesus. Well, witchcraft is in the scripture, like a strictly contrary to yeah. scripture. Um, and so that's just my personal opinion. Um, and as my wife says, probably I'm wrong about a lot of things. So I could be wrong about this too. Um, but I don't know. Well, Easter is a little bit different because I mean, we've, we looked into like Good Friday and like the different debates on like when, when the resurrection happened. But Jesus did die on Friday. Huh? Jesus did die on Friday. I know. He died on Thursday. Thursday. But I'm saying it's a little bit different because 
it is in that same time frame, though. Yeah. Right. But see, this is how deep we can go. Yeah. All right, so are you wrong for practicing Good Friday because he actually died on Thursday? Yeah. True. So, like, this is where we can take it and run to such an extent that we have everybody so confused. True. And, like, I think I can take Good Friday and use it as a day of contemplation, use it as a day of gratefulness. Use it Now, do I do it on Thursday more than Friday because he actually died on the Thursday? Yeah. Like, this is where I think let's not get so nitpicky that we lose what we're actually hearts should be beating yeah, for. Yeah, because that honestly is one of the most important, one of the most important celebrations is his, uh, all that whole process of his resurrection. Yeah. So to me, like mm. that's one of the celebrations that's, uh, at least for Christians, <coughs> we should be giving the Lord glory. We should yeah. be celebrating him during that time. But all these other things got mixed in with it. Yeah. Um, with the Easter bunny and the, all, all those things um but that one specifically for me i'm i just i hate that it's had such a mixture because yeah. it's our lord jesus christ like yeah. resurrecting and that's well, the for enemy. christians an amazing time to yeah. to celebrate um always i just i celebrate the passover more than anything mm-hmm. that's what i mean i i think the passover and the, feast, the death and yeah. the resurrection the yeah. feast i mean i know we're not jews but I, I still think there's power in in honoring these yeah. these times. I yeah. think there's powerful. They're biblical. Yeah, I mean it's powerful during these times. I mean, I mean we we look just what happened on the last day of the feast of the, of the trumpets, this last Saturday when Israel was attacked. Mm-hmm. You know there was significance in that, and it always happens. The last mm-hmm. time they were attacked was during what was it, was Yom, it Kippur? Yom Kippur? Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's an intense battle going on because the enemy knows these times are important yeah. to, to God's people. And I saw something that was talking about, and again, I'm not like saying this to condemn, but this person that I was listening to was talking about the Jewish feast and saying how um, we like as I guess the other cultures that are Christians don't pay enough attention to those feet, the biblical feasts yeah. and celebrate other things more than we pay attention to those. But he was saying like, no, we aren't Jewish. And there's been a lot of debates like, or not debates, but topics on like, should we celebrate these feasts? Because if we're not Jewish, like, yeah. is it really relevant to us or not? Which we know it is relevant because, you know, it's biblical and we're adopted into the kingdom. Yeah. But um, he was saying it, we're not required to celebrate them. But what a joy it is and an honor that we're able to celebrate them. Yeah. And I thought that was really awesome of like, why wouldn't we really want to when we, but we do need to celebrate the biblical feast correctly? Yes. Yeah. Because right. like Jesus, you can't do a Passover incorrectly. Yeah. Like we did a Seder here a couple of years ago and, awesome. and we did it right because we celebrated how Jesus was the coming one. Mm-hmm. Because a true Seder yeah. is still looking for the Savior. Yeah. yeah. Messiah. Mm-hmm. Well, we do have the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think the way we would practice a Jewish feast as a Christian is different than Maybe a Jew. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we yeah. believe in Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and like, I would love to do that. <laughs> you want to do another one next year? Yes, I do. You want to do a Seder? All of them. I, I want to do it all. I did the I, it was my first time ever conducting a Seder, and it was diff- I had it, it took me a while to get prepared for it. Miss yeah. Jeannie did a terrific job organizing everything. The food was nasty, but um, I wonder if George could give us some guidance on that. Uh, we could get George come here and actually do a Seder. Seder, what about a tabernacle? That's but I'm not. I, I don't know if I'm eating the food again. I want that horseradish <laughs> was, and the stuff. The horseradish was horrible. Um, I'm was I'm going with like ketchup or something. All right. Hey, uh, but the one thing, the water. Whatever you dip the thing in the water, that was. Mm. 
It just did something to my taste buds. I did not like. Yeah. I'd rather eat the horseradish than he. I mean, it was bad, but the, the dipping the thing in the yeah. water was horrible. Uh, Greg Carwell said legalism can creep in on the subtopic. You have to be very careful. As long as Jesus is center focused and the right. main thing, different people are at different levels of relationship and understanding. Amen. Which That's is why I said we got to give people grace. You have to give them, and grace. we we have to give ourselves grace too. That's and, true. I agree. Um, and it's everything should be heart and yeah. And motives, what and is your I shouldn't yeah. be beating somebody over the head. Yes, um, I was just asked these questions, so I answered it. Um, now I have one more question. We have five minutes, so I think we can answer this. Miss um, Katie, as a newcomer, do you believe the Earth is flat or round? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to get into that. I'm just talking about my Oh, I loved it. Um, I, I got to share this story. So, all right. So, Miss Katie's little girl and my little boy. They've been like a married couple for like two years now. <laughs> um, like literally, there we call them the little married couple they're running so around, cute. and um, they're oh, not they're not listening, so they can't be embarrassed yeah. right now. And the other day, she was with us in uh, in Litchfield coming home, and I hear them start arguing, and I'm like, "What are you all talking about?" And you know what they're arguing about? The Earth. Audrey's yelling, it's flat. No one said it's round. And no one said, let's go to outer space and see it. Audrey said, there is no outer space. <laughs> and so we're sitting <laughs> She said that. <laughs> so they are sitting there literally arguing in the backseat over the earth, flat and earth oh. and round. And it was, it was a really cute, funny argument, to be honest with you. And that, that their conclusion was, I guess we'll just have to go see you. We'll have to ask Jesus when we die, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And so, <laughs> Nolan is I mean, so sweet. I, well, I'll, I'll be quiet because about the moon. I oh, mean, come on now. If if it's the last time we've been to the moon is fifty years ago, why ain't we been again? No comment. <laughs> Jason had an answer for that. Oh, Buzz Aldrin does too. Ask him what he believes. Yeah, <laughs> and he's the one that went to them supposedly. Well, there now. If I'm not mistaken, though. One of the um, one of the guys who were there, there's two of them, right? Um, one of them is Buzz and Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong maybe is the one. They had a, like a really prolific quote as a Christian about the moon and going, but he was a believer. I think it was. I have to look it up. I have to find it for you. Um, Let me look it up. See if I can find it. It was the, a long telephone cord. This <laughs> <laughs> Katie. It was a long one. Now the Creation Museum said the Earth is round. Right, Hannah? Yeah, it did. See? Ken Ham wins. <laughs> <laughs> He's pretty good. Smart guy. But it was all that to say this conversation between Nolan and, and Audrey. It was, it was so, it was actually a very cute little argument. And it's round. No, it's, it's flat. I know. I love him. <laughs> Go to. Hey, I, I'll be over there at that house just painting. And you look out the window and there's Nolan and Audrey pushing Ivy in a stroller <laughs> down the driveway. <laughs> they like to take her for walks. That's they for do. Sure. And so, yeah. oh, they're they're funny. Riding um, bikes. Yep. <laughs> yes. And so. Nolan, will you come with me? <laughs> <laughs> and the whole vacation, Nolan's like, when am I going to buy Audrey? When am I going to buy Audrey? Oh, and we went to Kay's Jewelry because I needed my ring size because we're going to get me a new wedding ring because I smashed mine with a sledgehammer. On accident, I didn't smash it out of anger. I had it on my hand and I smashed it. Um, and and so and Nolan was in Kay's jewelry, Kay's jewelry trying to figure out a gift. I said, "We're gonna have to do a little bit smaller yeah. than that." <laughs> yeah. And so, but he it has is the right idea. Bless his heart. He he had the right idea. All right, he was trying to buy her like a 
two or three hundred dollar necklace. I'm like, look, we love Audrey too, but come on. Oh, <laughs> All right, and so, but it is it's so much fun. Um, Katie, thank you for joining the crew. And my pleasure. Anybody got? We got one minute left. Anybody got a uh, fifteen second final word? Nope. <laughs> we just love the Lord. Right? We love him. Amen. Yeah. I want to say this, out of all the conversations that's been had around Halloween and Christmas and Easter yeah. and all the holidays, the objective is not to condemn. The objective yeah. is always that we would know truth. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I agree with that. And yeah. it's um Amen. and Jesus is our centerpiece and that we need to trust and rely on the Holy Spirit and walk in the spirit and we I have to tell myself sometimes even when I'm preaching stuff, I'm not the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And true. And but also I think on both sides of the aisle, we have to realize we're not the Holy Spirit, but we also have to listen to the Holy Spirit when he does speak. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, all of our prayers should be this. Lord, make me more like Jesus today than I was yesterday and more like him tomorrow than I am today. And the way that happened is is Romans 8, whenever it says the Holy Spirit is there to, to conform us into the image of the Son. And it's difficult sometimes. It's hard. It's sacrificial. It's uncomfortable. But it's always profitable when we say yes to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central Time, here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.